You're listening to the Calm and Cozy Insomnia Podcast. Practical advice for insomniacs, bedtime thinkers, and people who consider napping a legitimate hobby. This is episode 35. I'm Beth Wyatt, your insomnia and stress management coach. I'm also an artist, avid crocheter, expert napper, and finally coming around to the whole matcha thing. I think I get it now. This episode is about the five ways your healthy lifestyle could be sabotaging your sleep. This morning on Instagram, I learned one of my new favorite quotes by Wayne Fields. The six best doctors, sunshine, water, rest, air, exercise, and diet. There are a lot of people who would consider themselves pretty healthy, but most will base it on eating clean and going to the gym a couple times a week. It's not very often I'll hear someone say that sleep is also an important part of their healthy lifestyle. I get excited when I hear someone talk about sleep because in general, I find that rest and sleep are overlooked until they become a problem. No matter how great your diet and how active you are, if your sleep is awful or you're not getting enough of it, you're just not the picture of health. I mean, don't hate me, but... You can't live a healthy lifestyle without getting your seven to eight hours a night. Eventually, it's going to catch up to you. It is possible that some of your daily healthy habits could be messing with your sleep habits. So I've put together this list of five ways your healthy lifestyle could be sabotaging your sleep. Number one, you're eating breakfast too late or not at all. Did you know that eating breakfast within 30 to 45 minutes of rising can help you sleep at night? In her book, Fast Asleep, Wide Awake, Dr. Narina Ramlikon blew my mind with her description of how breakfast relates to sleep. According to Dr. Ramlikon, you should be eating breakfast shortly after you get out of bed. This activates your body's 24-hour clock and makes more of the sleep hormone melatonin. Now, it doesn't have to be a huge breakfast, so don't worry if you're not a big breakfast person. A banana or a handful of almonds will do the trick. Eating breakfast stabilizes blood sugar levels and triggers your body to end famine mode. Break fast breaks the fast. Get it? Your body won't need to rely on stress hormones to function, which takes it out of the survival system and switches on the safety system. People who eat breakfast within 30 to 45 minutes of rising have less difficulty falling asleep and staying asleep. They also wake up with more energy and are less reliant on caffeine. They have a more efficient metabolism, they experience a reduced post-lunch energy dip, and they wake up feeling hungry and wanting breakfast. The second way your healthy lifestyle could be sabotaging your sleep is your coconut latte or bulletproof coffee is doing too good of a job. Don't be mad, but that afternoon coffee or tea just might be affecting your ability to fall asleep. Caffeine reaches a peak level in your blood within 30 to 60 minutes, and it has a half-life of 3 to 5 hours. Half-life is the time it's going to take your body to eliminate half of the drug. The remaining caffeine can stay in your body for a long time. 
there's a substance in your body called adenosine that promotes sleepiness. Caffeine blocks that adenosine receptor, preventing you from feeling sleepy when you should. So the coffee we drink to wake us up and to keep us alert throughout the day is doing its job, but maybe a little too well. The trick is controlling your caffeine intake so it doesn't keep you alert long after you need it to. So if you aren't willing to give up your daily coffee or tea altogether, I mean, who would be? That's just crazy talk. Try finishing your last cup by lunch or early afternoon. I always say noon-ish. This small but important shift will give your system enough time to rid your body of half of the caffeine, resulting in sleepiness before crawling into bed. Number three, you're hydrating too close to bedtime. Mastering the art of drinking your three billion ounces of water a day is something to be celebrated. It really is. The downside, it could be keeping you from getting a good night's sleep. Running to the washroom every hour is a common side effect of staying properly hydrated. And if you're not giving yourself enough time before you go to bed, your bladder doesn't really know that it's time to shut down for the night. Enjoy your drink while you prepare dinner or with dinner and then stop. Aim to have all liquids consumed at least two to three hours before bed. Number four, exercise is getting you wound up when you should be winding down. You know what happens to your body when you work out, right? Hormones are released, your body temperature rises, your heart rate increases. If you're going to bed too soon after getting yourself all worked up, your body has a lot of work to do to prepare you for sleep. Late night visits to the gym could be the secret to your not so good sleep habits. Pair that with the protein shake or the protein bar that you're having right after your workout, and we've got a recipe for a potential all-nighter. If you work out in the evening and you don't sleep well, you may have found the culprit. It's worth moving your workout to before dinner and seeing if that helps, or save the evenings for a lower intensity exercise like yoga or walking. If you're open to working out in the morning, it can really help with your sleep. Getting up early, engaging in physical activity, and then having a full day of work or whatever you do during the day, chasing kids around the house, can result in very restful sleep later on, and you'll be going to bed with a very high sleep drive. Concentrate on winding down at least an hour before bed instead of getting wound up. The fifth way your healthy lifestyle could be sabotaging your sleep is that diet plus fitness tracking equals increased blue light exposure. Perhaps one of the most exciting parts of adopting a healthy lifestyle, besides being healthier and having Michelle Obama arms, is the whole new online world that opens up to you. You can join a private Facebook group where you're part of a community of people who are as obsessed as you are about macros. You can track your workouts on your phone, calories burned. You can pin all the chicken recipes that Pinterest can offer. It's exciting when you make healthy changes and see positive results. I'm so excited for you. I really am. But, and you must have known there would be a but, the blue light that's staring at you from your screens is going to be a problem. Melatonin is that little magic hormone that makes us feel sleepy and our bodies produce its own supply until we grab our phone or our tablet or our laptop. 
The blue light that's emitted from our screens block melatonin production, tricking our brain and our body into thinking that it's still daylight. The solution, blue light filters. Most smartphones come with their own filter installed. iPhones have night shift. Google Pixel has night light. There are also free apps that you can download that can be set to turn on and off at specific times. Mine turns on at about 8 o'clock p.m. and then turns off again at 8 a.m. when I'm awake. The filter casts this red glow on your screen, which can be adjusted, making it easier on your eyes without preventing melatonin production. There are also some great blue blocking glasses out there that can be worn to protect melatonin production. So to wrap it all up for you, the five ways you can promote sleep with your healthy lifestyle would be to eat a little something first thing in the morning, stop drinking caffeinated drinks by noon-ish, stop drinking all liquids a few hours before bedtime, leave enough time to wind down between your workout and going to bed, and utilize blue blocking apps and glasses in the evening so your device screens don't keep you awake. Now before I sign off, I wanted to mention something that has come to my attention in the last week about this episode. The original recording of this episode included what I was thinking was just kind of a cute mistake. I mispronounced Dr. Narina Ramlikon's name and my intention in pretty much everything that I do is to make you laugh at me and the things that I'm saying and I realized that in mispronouncing her name, I was actually making fun of her and not myself and making fun of um, even a, a whole community of people who have names that are regularly mispronounced. Um, and I really appreciate the listener who emailed me very graciously pointed out um, what I had said and how it could have been perceived as hurtful, um, as disrespectful to a whole community of my listeners. And I just wanted to sincerely apologize and let you know that was never my intention, but it also um, still matters that I point this out. I've re-recorded, I pronounced her name correctly, and I also wanted to apologize to Dr. Narina for disrespecting her in this way. I am embarrassed that it had to be pointed out to me. Something like this won't happen again. I realize uh, my mistake and how it could have been hurtful to, to my listeners. And I never want my listeners to feel unsupported or uncomfortable because that's the opposite of my goal with this podcast. So I sincerely apologize and something like this will not happen again. This has been the Calm and Cozy Insomnia Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I love you in that color. Until next time, sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep, good night, mama.